0: All right. That was Jack Wilson and the Jack Wilson Quartet with Roy Ayers. It's a little number called Ramblin'. We're not going to be ramblin' today uh, until at least a little later on. This is an Ornette Coleman uh, composition that became the title track of the quartet's 1966 album, The Late late show. Jack Wilson is on piano, Roy Ayers on vibes, Monk Montgomery on bass, and Varner Ballo on drums. This is Lead Stories. I'm Retriece Lead, and we, we're going to pick up from where we sort of left off with this story. Uh, today, we learn, of course, that the vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, has gone to uh, see for herself and to get information for herself on the killing of uh, Mr. Walker. And we talked about that, and it's not still not clear, Jalen Walker, what she's hoping to find or what is the significance of her being there. So perhaps you can tell me, perhaps you can share with others, what is this supposed to signify? What is it supposed to tell us? The fact that she has gone there, And what do you expect to come out of it? 888-874-4888. And then we deal with some of the related questions right after that. 888-874-4888. Kamala Harris is, of course, going to be telling us something at the conclusion of her visit, and maybe even uh, later on than that. But as we have discussed here, this this is a very troubling development, and we ought to understand what it means, and we ought to pay particular attention to how the Biden administration, and specifically President Biden and Vice President Harris, uh, what is their role in all of this? What are they hoping to accomplish? Other than, of course, you know, ceremonial, in a sense, it's uh, uh, expected, in a way that when something as, as outlandish as this occurs, as tragic as this occurs, as startling as this occurs, it does have national and even international implications. So we would want to know from the administration's point of view, what their particular interest is in this case, what they're hoping to accomplish. As you may recall, Jalen Walker, a man 25 years old, was shot repeatedly by uh, police officers, who found or who were operating on the information that he had evaded a traffic stop, an attempted tra- traffic stop on June the 27th? The reports from the police were that he had a gun in his car. And that some officers reported seeing a flash coming from his car, which is to say that they were saying that the, the, the weapon had been fired. And, of course, presumably at them during this attempted uh, traffic stop and the a pursuit that that uh, resulted And at some point, at some point, Jalen Walker got out of his car and was facing the officers, I imagine, in expectation that they were going to come to him and inform him what this whole thing was about, or even perhaps uh, involving an arrest for something. That he did not know, he was not apprised of. Instead, a volley of shots was let loose at him, shooting him more than sixty times. Uh, over the weekend, medical examiner was still examining his body to correctly count the number of wounds he sustained, but he uh, had reported earlier uh, to the media that there were more than 60 bullets that hit him, or 60 wounds that his body had. And uh, that's an awful lot of killing. That's an awful lot of shots. We've learned since then something particularly interesting. The police reported at one point that uh, he was motioning, he, he looked like he was trying to move toward them and to face them. And that that's what triggered the volley of bullets. But there is no real explanation for what that gesture, what might have provoked that gesture. Or even if it occurred, when his body was taken to the morgue, to the medical examiner's office, it was reported, this was from CNN, uh, reported that uh, they were still counting the wounds to ascertain the correct what is the accurate number of bullets that pierced his body. But they said something very troubling, and that is that the body came to the morgue with his hands. This is now uh, Walker's hands behind his back in handcuffs. Now, of course, that would have to be. It would have to be ascertained whether he was cuffed as he died, or was he cuffed after he died? And what would have been the purpose of the handcuffs? um, If, in fact, he was shot more than 60 times. And the, 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 the timeline has to be developed around that, because that is extremely troubling. So as Kamala Harris, the vice president, is in, in town, what do you expect that she is doing? What is the purpose of her visit, you think? We, we don't know what it is, but we can ascertain for ourselves what we think might be the purpose of this visit. What does it serve? What point does it make? Uh, She is there by herself. She's not there with the president. Of course, she doesn't have to be. But it is interesting that she is there today and presumably gathering information of a kind for herself. We don't know. So what do you think this visit is all about? And what might come out of it? What do you think might come out of it? 888-874-4888. Is this beginning to strike you as a major development in the making? The killing of Jalen Walker by police. It tells a very, very familiar story of black men, especially, particularly black men, um, being literally executed in public for all kinds of reasons that are given afterwards. But it tells that familiar story and it does so rather poignantly And it raises extremely troubling questions that must be answered. What is the nature, the continuing nature of the relationship, if I dare use the word, between police and the black community in general, but black men in particular? What is this? What is this? Scenario that plays itself over and over and over again, and explained away with all kinds of different uh, explanations as to why, in the contact between police and black men, there is a, a, an unspeakable kind of re- reaction and violence that usually, and almost always, I should say, claims the life of a black man. And then we get all kinds of theories and bits of evidence and all kinds of things we are supposed to believe about what led to this altercation, this confrontation, as it were. Here, we're told that the issue was that he evaded a traffic stop and proceeded down the road driving. And, of course, things developed from there. But now we're learning some other things that raise other kinds of questions. Why was he handcuffed? though he had more than 60 bullet wounds and handcuffed behind his back. What kind of threat did he pose to warrant that level of violence by police? And we're not hearing anything in terms of developments in in, in the investigation, if there is one, we're not hearing anything, but we we can put pieces together, the pieces that we have come to, to, to learn about, and they paint that awful picture that we know so well. There is something pervasively wrong In this concept of so-called policing. When we have the dynamic of white police officers dealing with men of color and especially black men. It usually ends up being that their lives are taken in heinous ways, violent ways. But we have the countervailing view that the police were simply doing their jobs and something happened that caused them to take extra precaution as a reaction to the odd behavior, the violent behavior of the person they're trying to arrest. So let's talk about that. What would you expect Kamala Harris as vice president of the United States, herself a woman of color, what could she be gaining and and, a new understanding of? What do you think would be presented to her as information that would allow her to understand this very violent confrontation Which, as violent as it is, is nonetheless quite normal in the way that we have understood how many times police officers behave when they have access to guns and they are facing black men in order to arrest them or to Dispatch them, some would even say. All right, let's get on with this this discussion. 888-874-4888. What do you expect? What are you hoping that she would learn? What do you expect she would do with what she learns today about this particular confrontation between Jalen Walker and the police officers who said they pursued him and uh, unfortunately, had to kill him. You see, it's not enough to wait to get the the answer, <laughs> because the answer we should be very clear. The official answer is being manufactured even as we speak. They're coming up with a plausible explanation. How is it that he was menacing the police, but he was handcuffed behind his back when he was placed into a body bag? How many police officers clearly shooting at a person who is unarmed at the time, unarmed, how many police officers is enough? What could possibly provoke a situation where an unarmed man who evaded, allegedly evaded a traffic stop, what threat is he to a police officer, let alone a whole group of police officers, at least eight of them. What would cause or precipitate that entire group emptying their guns into a person that they were supposed to arrest, let's say, or question What would lead to that kind of confrontation? And why is this not exceptionally bad and wrong, but more of the same? We have been through this particular cycle many, many, many times. The police say one thing, the evidence says something else. And we don't seem to have an authority that people trust. There's no authority, no trusted authority to say, well, this is what we determined at the scene and from studying the scene. It's not, it's not something so extraordinary that it should take a year or two to, dis- to discern seasoned officers would would be able to make sense of the scene that they encounter because this happens quite often, perhaps not as dramatic as this, but we have to pay attention to this because this is extraordinary. It's an extraordinary thing. Uh, Jalen Walker was not known to be a violent man. In fact, quite the opposite. He was known to be very cheerful and very friendly. But we have the exact opposite being presented to us. Now, granted, a person may, in fact, change dramatically depending on the circumstances they find themselves in. But this is, this is unusual. How is it that he, though unarmed, was said to be armed? That a gun was in the car when indications were there were no, there was no gun in the car. the police making sure that they buttress the argument for shooting him to death because of his so-called stance. He made a a movement, but he was unarmed even when they, they came into contact with him and he was out of the car. So, even if he made any kind of motion toward them, he was unarmed. And one would imagine that with eight police officers who all were armed, the 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 decision could could have been made. Well, we certainly outnumber him. And we outgun him, even if they thought he had a gun. So how is it that this precipitates an exchange of gunfire with the gunfire going one way into this man? More than 60 wounds? That is excessive. By any measure, it is excessive. But in the history of analyzing the interplay between police and black men in particular, and scenarios like this, you find that there's a certain level of aggression, not on the part of the person that is to be arrested or the person who even allegedly broke the law but by the police, they seem to kind of go out of control. And if this does not rise to the level of close inquiry, I want to know why, what then is policing? Is policing dispatching somebody summarily Because you think, because of their race, what they look like, automatically they're guilty of something, and you're tense. You expect something to happen. So you get in front of it, and you do the firing of the bullets. You do the killing, and then you sort out ways to explain yourself later. This is not new. This is the whole thing that we need to understand. This confrontation is, if I could use the word, a classic confrontation between white cops and black men and Latino men particularly. This has repeated itself time and again, and we see no evidence that police have come to a different understanding of how to handle situations where there might be a confrontation. But here again, the, the, the apprehension grew out of, or appears to have grown out of things that weren't really fat. He was not armed. Jalen Walker was not armed. Some police, as I said, have described him moving in a suspicious way, as if he was positioning himself to attack. Well, even if that were true, how much... Attacking could a a handcuffed man do? You have a gun. He does not. So is it just fear, literally fear of a black man that plays the decisive role here, the, the factor that gets all of this craziness going? And are we supposed to accept as a plausible explanation that the cops were on edge because they were confronting a black man who was likely to do all kinds of crazy things acrobatically and personally to them. What do you think? What is the vice president's purpose for being there today? What should it be? What should be her role? Specifically, what message do you get from her visit? How does that help us understand the complexity of this case and whose rights Whose rights took precedence precedence here? 888-874-4888. I see nobody on the, the board. So it means that you're not interested or you don't have an answer. One way or the other, it does not help us get from you an organic reaction to the story. As it should. Uh, this is a community story. We, as communities in the United States, have all gone through these uncomfortable questions and experiences between black and Latino men, but definitely uh, not white men, but men of color. And usually white police in unspeakable violence that ends up in their loss of life. And we must confront it. We have to discuss it and we can't run away from it. There are questions about this case that are so evident so very serious that must be answered. And now we we can't wait until somebody has impaneled a group of people and they examine this in an exam. We can start that process now. It has happened so many times before, and we don't need to wait for the next time. We can certainly have our say about our concerns now, and we must keep in mind, this is not unique to this case or to this occurrence. This in fact, this occurrence basically brings us back to many such occurrences and events in the collective memory of communities of color. The relationship between police, especially white police officers, white male police officers, and black and Latino men, we have to get an understanding, a deeper understanding of it. But more than that, we have to get it solved. This is not just for, you know, uh, term papers. This is about real life. And what is owed to these communities in terms of the conduct of some members of the police force who supposedly have an entirely different job. The job is not to take life, but to preserve life and to be responsible in the discharge of their duties When will communities of color feel safe with the whole concept of being policed by people who do these kinds of things to them and their loved ones and nothing seems to happen. This is a long story. It's been going on for decades and decades. And we must make it so that after this case we have entirely different responses, different answers, different ways of solving this problem because people will be, you you wouldn't be able to chastise them for carrying a particular belief about a police force, wherever they happen to live. Is my police force like that police force? Are these really police people or are they executioners in uniform? Who is disciplining the police? And why does it take all of this effort to get You know, why does it take all this effort to get a system to respond in a logical way and quickly with a sense of urgency? Because this is what it is. All right. 888-874-4888. I leave you with these thoughts as we take a break. When we come back, hopefully, there will be enough people to start the conversation that must be started, 888-874-4888. We'll take this break right now. You're listening to Lead Stories on PRN.FM. I'm Yutrice Lead, and we're talking about the visit by Vice President Kamala Harris today uh, in the aftermath, in the immediate aftermath, I should say, of the killing of Jalen Walker, uh, in Akron, Ohio. What is she supposed to, what do you think she is focusing on? What would we get out of her visit? If anything, eight, 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 seven, four, four, eight, eight, eight. Howard from the Bronx. We start with you.
1: Good afternoon. You cheese.
0: Good afternoon.
1: I'm a first time caller and a long time listener
0: oh well, welcome aboard again
1: thank you <laughs> thank, thank you um if i may can I address the issue of the shooting of whom um i think uh this whole this whole incident by the way was uh cowardice by opinion, but uh I think Perhaps one solution could be that everyone that's involved, the precinct, the the officer, their uh, superior should be fined. That is in the words of the late uh, great Dick Gregory. He suggested that that could be a a viable solution to all this problem.
0: Okay. Well, get back to the question I asked. Um, What is... What do you think will come out of this visit by vice president Harris today?
1: Honestly, I don't think much would be, as you said, a, <laughs> they're going to concoct some story saying that this and that, and we ought to do this or do that about, or, uh, I, I really don't know. That's, I can't say it for sure, but, I uh, I don't think it's anything. Does this, that, uh, well, this incident
0: or story bother you at, in any way? Does this bother you? Does this concern you?
1: Yes it does. Uh I I think it's just going to be ongoing because uh politicians involved and politicians involved. <laughs> Things just don't go the right way for the public in my opinion.
0: What do you think must happen? Here and in cases like this,
1: I don't know. I think there should be new rules of engagement. Um, you can't shoot unless you're you're shot at. Uh, I think that's that's one viable solution. Uh, I mean, let's not forget in the old west, I'm gonna go a little bit off here. In the old west, you have two persons face each other and shoot the fastest shooter survives today you, you have a partner with that's armed your arms, the public is not the public is not. I, I, I can only say new rules in, of engagement could be one viable solution as well. That's new my rules opinion.
0: Of engagement. If we were to apply these, which we don't know the specifics of yet, but if we were to apply what you are calling new rules of engagement, how would this incident have turned out
1: well like the uh the, the shooter you 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 said that was on the roof yesterday the white shooter uh they they talked them out out of it they they have to approach uh, in, in every situation this way you can't and, and there are no uh, assumptions you can't say i thought someone shot unless you know you have broken glass or someone is hit this is one way we can apply that. I, I, I don't see any other, other, other way.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for getting us started today and with your thoughts. Thank you very thank much you. for contributing. You're welcome. You're welcome. 888-874-4888. This is going to uh, occur many times we will have this kind of confrontation. And it would more than likely end with the death of a civilian. More than likely, this is how it has been going. What do you propose as a solution to this? This is obviously a question that Vice President Harris will have to ask what is a possible solution to this? Or are we going to bemoan something that has happened, that has claimed somebody's life, a civilian, uh, a civilian's life, and under circumstances that are highly questionable, or are we just going to just have blind faith that the police are always right, that, uh, It had to have been something that, uh, you know, this poor man, young man too, who had a a very uh, promising life ahead of him, Jalen Walker, are we to trust that everything the police said was accurate from their perspective, what they said? And we are to, in effect, come to the conclusion that it was unfortunate, but Jalen Walker authored his own death by his own actions. Is that is that how we are supposed to be thinking? Or has this happened if you are in a community that you've seen these kinds of things happen before, are you, are you upset about the fact that here it is again and already the, the move is to situate Jalen Walker as a person who caused his own death by his own actions and we don't have a, a very good understanding of what happened. What was the transaction between him and the police? And we see that there's so many yawning uh, inconsistencies that no logical person will just go along with the story given so far. So then most people come to the next level of evasion by saying, well, we'll go to trial as if that gives us a better opportunity to understand who's guilty here. Alicia from Jersey. You're on the air. Hi, you, Trees.
2: Thank you for taking my call.
0: I wanted to speak
2: to you. Thank you. I wanted to speak to your question about the significance of Kamala Harris's, um, I guess, going to Ohio to find out what happened with Jalen Walker. And as the previous caller stated, I too don't believe anything significant is going to come of this. I mean, we see President Biden advocating for more money to the police. So I don't, I don't see how anything is going to change. And I, and, and police unions are, are powerful and politicians know that to a large degree, they can't get elected without the support of the police union. So even though they outwardly tell us you know these these senseless killings need to stop they they also know that again they will not be elected if they don't have the support of the police unions they they wield a lot of power in this country so the problem i mean the problem is with the police but it's also with the police unions because you know the contracts the 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 you know the it's just it's i think a big Part of this problem is the police unions, and and these officers are protected by these unions. So how is justice to be achieved? Well, that's a really tricky question. But I know in Camden, New Jersey, they basically dismantled their police force. They dismantled the union and lowered the police officer's pay. They increased the force and they lowered the officer's pay. And as a result of, of doing this, from based on uh, what I've read, um, they they had friendlier relationships with the community, um, crime rates have gone down. So I don't know, maybe, maybe it has something to do with really literally dismantling these police forces, not police forces, but these police unions. I don't know what happened with Camden is that their budget was cut. So basically they had no choice to revamp everything. But as long as uh, President Biden and other politicians are advocating for increased spending for the police and sending more money to the police, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going, you know, how we can get justice because they know ultimately that they can do what they want. So are you, even as you're
0: expressing your opinion now, I hear, I don't know if I'm reading it right, I hear that you have some doubts about the process going the way it ought to go in order to yield justice am i reading you
2: right Yes. Yeah. yeah i mean i would you said it yourself that it seems like it's increasing and i was thinking the very thing this morning it seems like the 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 brutality of the police is increasing and not only is it increasing it's more violent more outrageous i mean 60 shooting someone 60 times i don't understand that i i don't understand that And, and and not only that he was unarmed there's nothing that you can tell me to justify that and, of course, Kamala Harris will, you know, she'll come back and say, you know, give us some platitudes, but nothing will change. You don't think so? I don't think so. I mean, it's been talked about on this program that the police, you know, were, you know, they started as the slave patrols. And and I think, honestly, I think that that ingrained racism is is part of police culture. Hmm. That's why a black man, an unarmed black man can be shot 60 times. And, you know, whereas, you know, we also had this mass shooting over the weekend and, you know, this individual has an automatic weapon and he's still alive. Do you
0: think do you think it is odd that the voices of community people I shouldn't paint with too broad a brush here I, mean, I have to be careful because there have been people who have mobilized behind this case but do you think that enough people really understand what has happened here and what, what stands to happen here from this point?
2: Uh, I, 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 that's a hard question. I mean, I I can only speak for the people that I talk to the circles that I interact Um, in, in those circles, people understand, but it seems you know and again like you said i don't want to paint with a broad stroke but it does not seem like people understand that something that, you know that something is is terribly wrong with with the justice system it is not a justice system it's an injustice system particularly for black indigenous and other non white people
0: Well, thank you very much, Alicia. I'm glad I waited for you. You did a great job in bringing us to an understanding that is missing from the whole conversation so far. Thank you very much. Thank you for taking my call. Not at all. Thank you. Well, we have time for one more call at 888-874-4888. Before we go, I'm interested in your analysis of the visit by the vice president, Kamala Harris, and what this could mean, but what you think it will mean, I know it sounds a little puzzling what I'm saying, but what do you think? Will now come out of this and does this help bring the case into sharper focus or is something else at work here is this a way for Kamala Harris to dispel the myth that she's not quite active and this is uh, just another way of showing her face to the public, to dispel the myth that she is kind of inert politically, but that she is connected to a community. 888-874-4888. We have time for your your call. If you call fast <laughs> quickly, uh, we can get that in before we close out today. This is a very important case. It doesn't. It is not resonating as such at the moment people are just kind of i guess they're they're overloaded with police brutality cases um, but that's not an excuse that is not a good explanation this is a particularly significant case from what i see and i've been around for a while this is a very important case and it is amazing to me that we don't have people mobilized uh, behind it. I just don't get it. But maybe people have different reasons. Maybe they're waiting to see what develops, but you don't have to see, wait and see what develops to have an opinion. Certainly you should have an opinion about what does it say in a society when a person who is supposed to be who's to, supposed to be presumed innocent of any crime instead ends up with more than 60 bullet wounds with officers who are supposed to exercise good judgment and we have differing stories already about what the facts are, but there is one undeniable fact. He was cut down in a hail of police bullets, more than 60 wounds. And we don't know what was the reason for that level of violence. We don't know what the the, uh, explanation was for that we cannot we're not in a position to counter any of the allegations and the protestations made by police but we do know that this man's life jalen walker ended at age 25 with 60 bullets in his body more than 60 says the medical examiner his hands Cuffed behind his back. So that adds to the question of what level of threat did this man pose? He was handcuffed when he was brought into the morgue, to the medical examiner's office to do the autopsy. We have to understand how important it is at a time like this And in a situation like this, to speak up and speak out. Thank you so much for joining me today, and let's talk again tomorrow. Bye-bye.